It's November 11th, 2019. Yowie wowie. It is Veterans Day. Quick shout out to all you veterans out there enjoying your day. Thank you. And a big thank you to everyone listening right now. Uh, this should be a, uh, a good episode. Thank you for tuning in. Guess who's back? It took forever. Oh, well, you were supposed to continue that. Oh, back again. <laughs> Shady's back. Tell a friend. <laughs> it did take a while. Yeah, man. How's life been treating you, man? Pretty good, pretty busy. It is basketball season, man. Been just practice every day and trying to get my team ready for the start of the season. How's the team looking? Looking okay for right now. Uh, Just really just getting to know each other and find out ways to function on the floor together and learn how everybody's likes and dislikes, you know. Nothing too serious. Well, since we're talking about basketball, how you, uh, I know we're only two games in, but how you thinking our, our Blue Devils are looking? Uh, well, I will say this. It's early in the season, but anyone that thinks that this team is going is going to be anything close to last year's team, I would tell them to wake up out their dream. They're dead wrong. This team is going to take some time. A lot of time. Yeah. I like mean, for the first time in a few years, Coach K actually has to coach. <laughs> Not just in games, in practice. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I I have a couple of Duke fans at work. And we're saying the pretty much the same thing. Coach K has got to actually coach. He he can't just send him out onto the floor and just be like, "Hey, go do your thing out there." Yeah, here you have to call plays this year. They got to learn sets and all that good stuff. And sometimes it's gonna be one guy's night, and it ain't gonna be the other guy's nights. And you have to figure all that out as you go. One thing I've noticed is we don't have a, right now, we don't have a clear-cut superstar on the team. No. I would say. There's no one guy that is the guy. Right. That can change going through the season. There can some be one guy that will emerge, and it's like, okay, he's Duke's guy. He's Duke's Zion Williamson of this year. I'll say... I, I said it on this podcast. You can go back and listen. I told everybody that Cassius Stanley was going to be the best player, the, be the best freshman on the Duke team, and he's lived up to that so far. Yeah, and I mean, and if I had to name check someone that could emerge as that guy coming, I would, I would put his name down. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And one thing that that came out to me, Vernon Carey, our big man, stepping out, knocking down threes. Yeah, he does that. I didn't know. Yeah. If we got a big man that can just step out and consistently knock down threes, we're going to be a damn problem this year. Yeah. Um, don't forget Matthew Hurt knocks down shots, too. Also, but yeah, we knew that with him coming in. That was what. That was the draw to him as a player. Oh, right. He's a guy that can step out and knock down threes. Vernon Carey was supposed to be that big guy down low. Right. And all of a sudden, he steps out and knocks down a couple big-time threes against Kansas. Yep. 
I'm like, if I'm, I'm serious. If we got a big guy that can do that, Duke is going to be a problem come March. Duke's going to always have a, an opportunity to go forward and be a great team. It's just all about the way that they go about doing it. And we've seen in the past that when Coach K actually coaches and there's not the superstars on the team, that's when we usually win national championships. So to me, this is like the Duke team that could potentially have a chance to win it all once they gel and everybody gets on the same page. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And another thing I noticed, um, I didn't get a chance to watch the the second game because I don't get that channel here. <coughs> but watching the Kansas game, Coach K had a nine-man rotation going as opposed to his normal seven-man rotation. Yeah. Do you think that continues on into the season? Yes. Or do you think he goes back to his old ways? No, because he can't go back to his old ways because this year you don't know which guy is going to step up which guy's going to be on that particular night? Yeah. Yeah, play them all. I I mean, I like it. I'm I'm all on board with this this night. I want to see him I want to see him put Joey Baker in and make it a 10-man rotation. See, people keep asking for Joey Baker, but my thing is there has to be a reason why the guys not getting playing time. You know I mean, I there's a there has to be a reason why he's not playing. Yeah. It ain't because they're like, oh, we're just going to leave Joey out. There's a reason. See, last year I, I thought it was just because of the the level of talent we had on that team. It was. We, and also, don't forget the fact that he was redshirted last year. And then they decided to burn his red shirt and still didn't play him. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Because uh, I I feel like when he does get in there he does he can he has the capability of making some key plays. Yeah. But who knows? I mean, defensively right now we're looking amazing. Twenty eight turnovers in the Kansas game. Both teams look pretty terrible in that one. <laughs> um, that game was yeah that. It just came down to somebody making a, just a couple of more plays than the other. That's how we got Thankfully, out. Thankfully, it was us because we went down nine, and I was thinking we're really dropping the first game of the season. I mean, when was the last time Duke dropped the first game of the season? A couple of years ago. It's not a good Kansas. feeling. Kansas. <laughs> it's not a good feeling watching no. watching a team as good as Duke go 0-1. But it happens... I mean, Michigan State lost their first game, and they're the number one team in the nation. So, it happens, but I think that this college basketball season, there's really no clear-cut no clear cut national champion so far. Well, there's not going to be one, in my opinion. Dude, the, uh, the Colts lost to the Dolphins today. Oh, well. Well, Brissett was out, too. So. Was he out? Yeah. Jeez. Dolphins might be turning over oh, a new Brian Hoare. I, I, I've been I was saying it ever since they went to Fitzpatrick as their starter. I, I was like, they might actually be ditching this whole tank for Tua thing. <laughs> I First guess they realized Tua ain't worth tanking for. 
none of the quarterbacks in this draft class are worth tanking for. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Damn, the Colts, though, I did not see them losing to Miami. Um, let's talk about something I know you want to talk about. Some LSU Tigers. <laughs> I've been, I told everybody at the beginning of the season. <laughs> I've I've been saying it and saying it and saying it and saying it. LSU has a legitimate shot of winning the national championship. I'd say more than legitimate. It might be a fucking lock for it. I mean, they have to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. That'll be the toughest game that they'll play. Didn't Georgia lose to... It don't matter who Georgia lost to one time. It's the fact that you have when you play head to head. It's football. It's football. Football. You can't say well because you lost to this team, we should beat you because we beat that team. It doesn't work that way. Styles of plays are different. Um, and Georgia still is a very good team, but uh, but yeah, down goes Bama. Thank God. And I, um... because they schedule so weak, there's. Unless LSU collapses, there's no way that you'll see Alabama in the playoff this year. I was hoping this knocked them out of the playoffs. Oh, it did. Because they have such a weak schedule. They don't play against another another ranked team the rest of the season. I, I love the fact that we can see a college football playoff without Alabama for once. And I think, what's what's the top four right now? It was it was Bam, um it was um Ohio State, Bama, LSU, LSU. and Penn State. Bama Penn and State. Penn State both, both lost. lost. So it needs to be LSU, Minnesota. Minnesota didn't get that high. Wait, no, they where where are they sitting at? They're at seventeen. So it needs to be LSU, Ohio State. Yeah. Now Ohio State looks amazing right now. Clemson. Clemson, yeah. And who was uh, who else was in the six? Ah, uh, I don't remember. But that that would be my playoffs right there. Oh, number six, I think it was was it Florida? I think so. I think so. I want to say Florida. Florida just about lost. Their- no, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about Florida's basketball ranking. My bad. So just Florida just lost in in football. Yeah, but see, I was thinking about basketball rankings. They're ranked number six in the country in basketball. They got a squad down there. Yeah. Let me see. Because now I'm interested. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Joe Burrow is that dude. And let's just say the transfer portal has worked out Minnesota very well for quarterbacks. 17? Yeah. Come on, they're better than that. Well, people know that now. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Who is number six? What the hell? You know what? Forget it. Just slap Duke up into that force <laughs> <laughs> Not that embarrassing display they put on the oh, last yeah, couple that of was, weeks. That was... Mm. Mm-mm-mm. I'm going to go over the rankings. That, that'll probably tell me, right? It should, yeah. Georgia. Uh, Georgia and Oregon is five and six. 
Okay, so we could put Georgia in there. Currently, right now, what I'm seeing is one, two, three, four is LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, and Bama. Because God forbid Bama's not in that top four, right? And then it's it's uh, Georgia and Oregon, with Minnesota at seven. Well, once the rankings, they have to keep you know. They they haven't adjusted all the rankings yet. It'll be fine. You better not have them in it. I'll be I'll, I'll be legitimately pissed. I think I don't think they'll be in there. LSU made them look absolutely silly, and I loved watching it happen. Right. And uh, Coach O is the damn goat. I've told I've been telling people about Coach O. I've been telling people about Coach O for how long now? <laughs> Roll Tide, what? Fuck you. <laughs> I've been telling you about Coach <laughs> Oh, o, man. my God. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. Coach O is... In that deep-ass voice of his. <laughs> Roll Tide, what? Fuck you. That guy just sounds like he just eats cigars all day long. <laughs> Not smokes them, he eats them. <laughs> That's his breakfast. A yeah. bowl of cigars. Yeah, like, he's just... Hold the milk. <laughs> Like, his voice, I, I love Coach O, but I don't know where he, like, his voice is, like, the most stereotypical football coach voice in the history Oh, it of kills football. me. And you just know he's a tough son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> you just know it. <laughs> oh, I woke I woke up to that. Um, my fantasy football league shared that in the group chat, him in the locker room. <laughs> oh, I want to go play for that man so bad. <laughs> A lot of people do. And what he's been able to do at LSU, keeping that program afloat, and then realizing what they needed to do differently, firing an offensive coordinator after three games last year, bringing in a new offensive coordinator to begin this year, and realizing we just need to upgrade our passing game and get us an actual quarterback. In steps Joe Burrow, and then off to the races they go. Like, just the way that LSU has been throwing the football this season has been something that you haven't seen from LSU team in years. Even when they had Odell Beckham on one side and Jarvis Landry on the other, they didn't throw the ball the way they're throwing the ball right now. Those guys got drafted off of just sheer talent and measurables. They didn't get drafted because of their numbers, because LSU was not throwing the football that much. But now... You talking about Joe Burrow might be the Heisman Trophy winner, and he's the quarterback at LSU of all places. It's crazy to think about. Yeah, I uh, I really like LSU right now. I'm all in on those guys. I think I've been on been in on LSU since 2005, <laughs> when Nick Saban was still the coach. Oh God. You just had to tell me he used to be their coach. Oh, yeah. He left there, went to the Miami Dolphins, got fired from the Dolphins, and went to Alabama. Ugh. Jesus Christ. Because remember, he cussed out the one of the players so bad that the boys started crying, and they got footage of it. Well, Saban's an asshole, so. He's something, for sure. The Calipari of the football world. Don't get me starting on Calipari. Have you seen the um, the news about 
Penny Hardaway. Mm, some shit's coming out on old Penny. I think it's the most pettiest piece of news in the world, but it's relevant because technically it is a recruiting violation. Um, what happened was he, him and his staff helped James Wiseman move on campus. Yeah, I've heard that. That's it. <laughs> Wait, like helped him how? Help move, like, help pack his stuff and move him on campus. So it wasn't like a monetary thing? No. It was, here, let me give you a hand. Yeah. There was no money exchange. Then how is that a violation? Because the NCAA is full of crap. Jesus Christ. See, what I was hearing was some money exchange hands nah. with Wiseman. Nah. There was no money that changed hands. Um, now the Ohio State situation with the defensive end, who took money, who got money from a family friend. To, That's okay. I got it mixed up. That's to, what I was to hearing. fly his girlfriend out to the Rose Bowl so his girlfriend could watch him play. Which I still wouldn't consider, because that was after the fact of him already being there. That's not a violation to me. Well, is well as a collegiate athlete. Whenever you take money, I I I know, I know, I don't agree with it. I don't either. But even like a family friend. So, if if I had a child that was in college as an athlete, you couldn't give them twenty bucks to go buy a fucking pizza, right? And I can't give them twenty bucks. Hey, go feed yourself for the next couple of days. Yeah. See, that's bullshit because the NCAA refuses to give them any sort of money. Which I believe that's why they're bringing the video game back. Because his thing, the NCAA doesn't want the kids to get the the big money, the $1 billion they make per year. But if they can put that video game back out and give the kids money off of that, they'll do that for sure. Uh, Teron Downey told me that he got $30,000 from, um, from the video games. When he played, you know, I worked with him every day. He was like, he got $30,000. I mean, and to a college student? That's a lot of money. That's my salary. (laughs) My salary? (laughs) That's more than enough to fucking feed yourself. I don't know. As that level of an athlete, you need to eat. Yeah. You need to stay on top of... But see what they what these schools have been banking on is they'll build these facilities and things of that nature, and be like you have access to these facilities twenty four seven, so you don't great cool. What about food? So you don't need to you know eat you know you don't need money to go out to eat because you can eat here or whatever, whatever craziness you know they say, and so what's going on is. Now everybody's like, no, this is just isn't good enough. Which has never been good enough to begin with. And now they're just try, starting to try um do stuff, something about it. Yeah. <coughs> well, I, th- I think this video game and them getting money from that is a step in the right direction. If it's, if it's not... 
all the way in the right direction. It's a step towards there. Right. Because, I mean, even with ticket sales and all that, these universities are profiting off of these guys. Right. And the fact that they don't see a damn penny from that, I think is a travesty, honestly. And it is. Because they don't need to be getting money from the video game. They should be getting money from the video game plus more. A plus lot more. ticket sales. People who paid to see their specific athlete. Like last year, how many people went to Duke just to see Zion Williamson play in person? Present. Just to see Zion solely by himself play in person. Floyd Mayweather has never came to Duke before. He came to come see Zion. Obama never been to Duke before. Came to see Zion. Yeah, he has actually. He came to a tournament game. Oh, really? Yeah, both games that he was there for, we lost. (laughs) 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 Um, A certain group of people felt the need to point that out. Of course. So, but yeah. Oh, but but yeah, I mean, it's still is Obama. Fucking Obama came to watch a Duke basketball game just to see Zion Williamson play. Did Zion see any bit of those ticket sales? Nope. No, the fuck he didn't. And never will. And that's all I'm saying. And there's so many people that are like, oh no, they get everything just taken care of for them. No, it's not enough, apparently. No. It's not enough. Nowhere close to being enough. Because like you said, I want to eat a steak one sometime. Jesus Christ, it can't all be bologna fucking sandwiches. No, nah, I don't want what they what they fits in the calf all the time. Some half ass mac and cheese, <laughs> undercooked chicken and shit. No, nah. like you said, give me a steak every once in a while, man. Just a little, especially bit. if I'm a football player. Uh, absolutely, give me some protein. A lot of it. Give me some real protein. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I I'm nowhere close to being a professional athlete right now, and God. Damn it, I need some protein myself. We all do. So, since the last time we were on here... Uh, it's, it's been a few weeks. There's a new there's a new WWE Universal Champion. Yowie wowie. Yeah. I'm going to let you take that one away because uh, I feel like that guy is your level of expertise there. Well, the first thing that happened was they completely screwed up the finish of the first match between him and Seth Rollins. The Hell in a Cell? Yes, the Hell in a Cell. Talk about it. They had a disqualification in a Hell in a a Cell cell match. There was a disqualification in a non-disqualification match. Yes. So, fast forward, they go to Saudi Arabia... And they announced there must be a winner. Falls count anywhere, there must be a winner. And we were like, are you kidding me? Like, how are you going to get yourself out of this one? Well, they didn't get themselves out of it. They gave the title to Bray Wyatt. Now, if I can be real for a minute, I think it's a, I, I agree with The Fiend getting the title. I think he definitely should get the title. I think it's a little early. Because he just made his debut as a character. I think it should have been more of a him just going out and squashing this guy and that guy. 
and building up to a title shot. He went straight into a title shot. See, that's where we differ because I felt that it it would have been better if he would have gotten it right out the gate, like the first time when he him in Hell in Hell in a Cell. Well, if they were gonna do it, they should have done it in Hell in a Cell. Yeah. But I think that it wasn't as much of a draw as it would have been in Saudi Arabia because apparently that's where the real money is. But now there's trouble in paradise. (laughs) We're going to get on that in just a second. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm happy that he's the champion. And from what I understand, it's probably a Fox move. More so than anything else, they wanted him to be their champion. And it gets Brock It does feel like that. And it gets Brock off of that show and back on Raw with Paul Heyman. Which makes a lot of sense. So, are they switching the titles on the shows? Pretty pretty much that's what they did. I'm not sure I like that. It's fine. Because they created the universal title specifically for Raw. Well, now you should see the championship that Heyman has. Oh, he, he changed the look? Yes. Okay, because I know they, they had the red strap for the red brand. I know that. Yeah. Okay, so, I haven't seen it because I, I, I have been out of the country the past the week. So yeah. I haven't been watching. But yeah, so that's what happened with that. And it's been uh, pretty interesting. Um, now, let's get on to Saudi Arabia. Oh boy, that shit show. The show went along well. Honestly, the whole country's a shit show. The show went along very well. Should I have not said that? Yeah. And Well, I mean The matches were good. But apparently there's three hundred or three hundred to five hundred million dollars that AWWE has not received. <laughs> Are you surprised? No, not really. So Vince McMahon, being Vince McMahon, had the live had the live feed in Saudi Arabia cut off. So it, people in Saudi Arabia could not see could it. not see it all of a sudden. So that causes issues because, of course, Vince McMahon gets on his plane and his staff, and they leave and and just leave the talent there. The top twenty guys apparently. Got on a private charter and left. And then you're stuck with everybody else in Saudi Arabia not knowing what the hell was going on. Everyone's just gone and they can't get out of there. No. Oh my God, Vince. Especially when you find out that the prince of Saudi Arabia is the one that had their flights Arranged. grounded. Or you had them grounded. Because they cut the feet. Yep. Because they weren't getting paid. Yep. Jesus Christ. See, I, I heard about it. I didn't read that much into it. First of all, Saudi Arabia is not a place where you want to... You want to, to be fucking around. Yeah. Like, when you're there, you go to the hotel, you go to the arena, you do the show, go back to the hotel. Because it's never, it's no telling It's what never go thing. out on the town and have fun. Yeah. Go back to your room, stay to yourself. Because you, there's no telling which, what little thing you might do to piss that's off offensive someone. or something that might get you killed or something in that country. And They're like, lucky they just got grounded. Yeah. Some of those guys could have ended up dead. But Vince, 
got on his little high horse and trotted the fuck off out of there. Yes. Not caring about the people he left behind there. That could... How petty the prince could have been and just had him fucking killed, honestly. Yeah. Because it's Saudi fucking Arabia. I was about, like, the street prophets, Gallows and Anderson. I consider them top guys. Well, then, not to Vince. I know, not to Vince, but... Like, Shinsuke got out of there. New Day, AJ, those type of guys. They they were able to get out. <sighs> My God. What did I say? Shit show. And so now a lot of the talent are saying they're never going back over there. And I would blame them? I wouldn't have went in the first place. Exactly. Daniel, Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, those guys have never been to a Saudi Arabia show. They refused to go. And after that, they look like the smartest people in the world. They were probably sitting over there watching this all unfold here in the States like, this is exactly why. Yeah. Man, I, I, wow. I can't believe you just left them there. They root and a lot I, of guys. I know Vince McMahon was the first person out of that country. Yeah. I know he was. Shortly followed by probably Brock Lesnar. Probably. Well, Brock If had Brock it. wasn't on that plane with Vince. Brock had his own private plane. Yeah. Just him and Haney. But I know Vince was the first person wheels up out of the country. Yes. What a piece of shit. Well, you have to get out of the places like that. No, no. <laughs> Fuck Vince McMahon. I would, last place I would want to be is in Saudi Arabia, period. Saudi Arabia, China, Russia, North Korea. Those are places I never want to go in my life. I mean, I, I would second that. These I tell you, man, memes are on Facebook are getting out of hand. Um. <coughs> oh, so let's go move on to what happened because the whole SmackDown roster wasn't available for that night. Oh yeah, I heard about that in Buffalo. Yeah, they had to like pull some strings, and that was the whole NXT thing, right? Best SmackDown in years. Might be the best SmackDown ever. Outside of the very first I mean, episode. I didn't watch it because that was last week. And I was... That's the show to watch. Go I, back I was, and watch I was that. sailing back from... Uh, I was sailing back to Florida on Friday. You need to go watch that. I got to. That's probably on Hulu, right? Yeah. Daniel Bryan versus Adam Cole. Oh, God. Closed that show. For the NXT Championship. What if Daniel Bryan won that... We have gone back to NXT then? Yeah. <laughs> That's wild to think about. <laughs> I mean... But I, I, I saw the highlights from that. That's That was just wild. Yeah. Ciampa versus The Miz. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, NXT just swept, too. Yeah, won every match. And then... Triple I H think that was Triple H's, hey, you want to pull that shit you did in Saudi? Hey, fuck you, Vince. All right, we're going to cut the opening segment short right here. We got interrupted, so we had to abruptly end that. But we are ready to get talking about some music because we have some things to talk about. Yeah!
Uh, you seem pretty eager to talk about Kiss, so I'm going to let you take it away. Because uh, I don't know how much you know. So I'm just going to throw it out there. Honestly, I checked out. Um, we went and saw them at PNC. Yeah. And I didn't think anything else would be happening, so I pretty much checked out. I see a little headlines pop up here and there. Uh-huh. Nothing yeah. solid. <laughs> so seventy-five more shows added to the end of the road tour. So they're coming to North Carolina again. Greensboro and Raleigh. So we're seeing Kiss again. Greensboro in February, Raleigh in September. Let's go. No, I'm pissed. Oh. It's supposed to be the end of the road. We paid 170 bucks for tickets. I I thought that was a high five moment. I misread it. I'm sorry. Uh, You paid 170. I didn't pay anything. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) They were literally you. What you called me that day and said Matt Page has extra tickets. He's just trying to give away. And I hit him up and he's like, dude, they're yours. Don't. I didn't know how much you paid. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I should have kept my mouth shut. <laughs> I should never mind with you. Anywho, continue. <laughs> so now, the whole... This is the last time we're coming to this city. This is the last time we're coming to this city. They did say that. And here Paul they come like, again. For the last time in Raleigh, North Carolina. Yep, that's what he said. That sorry piece of crap. And we were like, yeah, we're here. Well, guess Paul what? Paul Stanley, you lying sack of shit. September the 9th, we'll be right back there once again for another kids show. Well, you know what? That gives me an idea. And we can go in Greensboro, too. Yeah, we can. But that gives me an idea for Raleigh. What? I'm taking my dad to that. Oh, how cute. I mean, Lifelong Kiss fan used to be in a Kiss cover band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all so, that. Still a there was we had that We had that extra ticket and for to, for that show, and I strongly considered calling him up, but it was really last short, minute. Yeah, short notice. And I was like, I mean, I doubt he'll be ready to get to Raleigh, and <laughs> it's a Wednesday. Right. Let's um. I'm gonna pl- I'm gonna start playing for that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and take Dad to see Kiss one last time. Mm-hmm. We we should we should all go. Yeah yeah yeah. Now the other big for the, news for the last time in Raleigh, North Carolina, for real this time. <laughs> <laughs> and then next thing you know, in 2021, they're coming back. <laughs> <laughs> so. Let's talk about the big, big news. Rage against oh. the machine. They's back, baby! They're back. They are back. Also, not as exciting to us, but also very exciting for these people. My Chemical Romance getting back together. Yeah, nobody cares about them. Anyways, <laughs> once Rage Against the Machine got announced... I mean, people do announce- care about them. Once they Rage, have a couple good songs. Once Rage Against Machine announces the comeback, and, everybody and, forgot all about it. We're a music podcast, are we not? Yeah, we are. So we got to talk about <laughs> Yay, my chemical romance. Anyways, back to the more relevant news. <laughs> <laughs> all right, hold on, hold on. My chemical romance is coming back together. And that's my chemical romance talk. There we go. <laughs> now. 
I actually do like a couple of their songs. That's they're yeah, so, good I mean, they're, band. They're, they're yeah. good. But, yeah. I mean, it, it's just they announced it right at the same time as Rage and oh. Well, my chemical, my chemical, my chemical romance announced first, and then I want to say not even a full day later, it was Rage, Rage. Against the Machine back together and touring. <laughs> what? <laughs> With like a handful of dates ready to go and. And MCR had, like, one date at the time. They were like, hey, we're getting back together. And we're doing this show. Yep. Rage was like, we're getting back together, too. And we're doing this show and this show and this show and this show. Coachella. They're doing both weekends of Coachella. Oh, they're going to fucking kill Coachella. Yeah. Just that. Just that. uh, Just to get. That's the warm up. Just the people that are there. (laughs) That's the warm up for them. Oh, man. And And then, like, I think it was, like, a week later, they announced more. Guess what's from they what said, I've they read. said they're playing American festivals, festivals? episode. Speaking of which, guess who got their ticket locked down for that weekend? You, ya boy. So did you end up getting the twenty dollars? I did. How? I I I had to. I hit up. Um, I posted in the Epicenter uh, Facebook page and the Epicenter Fan Zone page. Mm-hmm. And I got better answers out of the fan zone. Um, it was on the second step of it. You had to drop down and select layaway. I'll show you later. But I did that, and I still had to pay seventy. Did you already do it? Yeah, I've been got my ticket. I got my okay. ticket the first day. That shit <laughs> was that able to get being put on sale. Epicenter, bitch. We're seeing Metallica. And possibly well, Slipknot. I'm seeing Metallica. Twice! You've already seen them. I'm seeing them twice. I'm seeing them for the second and third times. Here's here's your second and here's your third right there, buddy. <laughs> for those that can't see, I'm flipping them off. <laughs> and then there's possibly Slipknot. And possibly Rage Against the Machine. And possibly, possibly AC- ACDC AC. with Brian Johnson. That's I don't mind paying the money if that's the lineup. Like, really? Dude, I told mom about that. Yeah. And she was like, because uh, I was telling her about it, I was like, Mom, Epicenter, Metallica's doing two separate days on it. And she was like, Yeah, I heard this. That's really cool. And I was like, And the rumor, because I was telling her on the way down to Florida, I was like, Also, the rumor is ACDC's going to be there with Brian Johnson back. And she was like, Oh, I want to see ACDC so bad. I was like, Mom, you should come. And she's like, but that's like the festival, and that's really crazy. I'm like, Ma, you could get like a one-day ticket, and you can see ACDC. And she's like, well, uh, hmm. I got mom thinking about Epicenter. Mm-hmm. And I, like, we posted about it on Facebook, and she was liking the post on it. We might have mom at Epicenter one of the days, dude. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'll give you 20 bucks if you throw her into a mosh. I was going to say, I'm like, <laughs> first thing I want to do is throw her in a mosh. If hate breeds there. <sighs> hey, Ma, come over here. Come <laughs> <laughs> I'm just or if Slipknot's there that day. I'm trying to figure out what other bands would potentially even be on that type of thing. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like lay it out. Because like Friday, headlining is Metallica. Sunday, headlining is Metallica. ACDC sounding promising like they're going to be there. Like Saturday. Saturday, I could see them headlining. But if Slipknot's there, 
they're gonna headline too. They're they're gonna headline. Slipknot wouldn't mind opening for Metallica or okay. ACDC. Yeah, I, I could say that. I could say that. So may, we Slipknot. might get so headliners. We might get Metallica, ACDC, Metallica. Yeah. Kill me Saturday night, bury me in Epicenter because I'm done. <laughs> That's but it for me. But what's going to happen with Rage? I mean, That's I could headline that. It is, but I I could see them also doing direct support to Metallica or ACDC. Yeah, they could, <laughs> and I'd be I'm totally okay with that. They would definitely have to get one of those main slots, one of the top three. They slots. they would close out one of the main stages. They have to. It would. They would close out the Carolina stage, and then well, it's not going to be Carolina or Rebellion stage. No. It would close out main stage. Other uh, Metallica closing the second main stage, headlining, and both getting like an hour and a half or something. Because we are back in Charlotte with that curfew. Well, honestly, you couldn't tell the fucking difference last year, anyways. I mean, with yeah. the curfew. I mean, honestly, I would take that over the shit show that you went through yeah. in Rockingham. But whoever I, did, I, that honestly, and, and plus get two shot. different Metallica he- headlining shows. I don't even care if they're both an hour and a half because I'm going to see every single song I want to see them play. I guarantee you. Christian Metallica will do two hours. Oh, yeah. Now, the question is, they're going to do their normal headlining show on one. Yep. What are they going to do with that, uh, with that other one? Are they going to do an album in its full? The black album? The new album? What are they going to do? From what I saw, I think Slipknot is going to do two shows and one is going to be the whole album. The new album? Yeah. And then they're normal, you know. Or but, a fan, but, fa- I mean, fan favorite. Let's say fan favorites. Yeah. But my question is, is Metallica going to do that? Because, I mean, they're, they are locked in in cement for the two separate set lists. I think one day is going to be like, okay, fan that was that was a rumor I was hearing. I was hearing possibly Black Album. I think they're going to do like a fan vote for one day. And then the other day, a regular Metallica show. Like an interactive show the first day, like yeah, that okay. Would be cool out of these that. three songs, because you know you're gonna get all the hits on that one show, so you can go down in their deep cuts and be like, I haven't heard that one. Let me let me let me get that one right there. Right, like um, what what's a, what's a deep cut that you want to hear? Ooh, I think. Do we need to dig into the? Uh... I hear. They play all the songs I really. Want I mean, to hear. honestly, everything I want to hear, they end up touching it in a concert somewhere. Yeah. I can't think of the last time they. I, I listened to a Metallica song and was like, I don't. I don't. Uh, like, oh, I wish they would have played this. Right. Like when we saw Disturbed and they didn't play Stricken. Don't remind me. <laughs> I mean, Creeping Death, they played that. Let's see. Orion, it's an instrumental, but or is that Orion? Orion, yes, that. Orion, sorry, it's been a long day. Ooh, I disappear. I would like to hear I disappear. That'd be a good one. Yeah. So that would be my one. Well, let me pull up my, and give you my Metallica deep cuts. I'd like to hear. Now I I haven't seen them live, unlike you, so I don't know what they have played and what they haven't played. Fuel, oh, 
Give me fuel. Give me power. Give me that much out of that. Sanitary. I had this Xbox game. I had this Xbox game I used to play at my dad's all the time. And it was like some off-roading truck game thing. And that was the first time I ever hear, heard fuel. And I was like, fuel, give me fire, give me that much out of I would just be like bombing hills. And all of a sudden that would come on. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. And I didn't know who it was. I was like, oh, that sounds awesome. Who is this? And then I looked it up. I was like, oh, that's Metallica. Awesome! Are we getting a new Avenged Sevenfold album before episode? Oh, my God. I haven't even thought about new Sevenfold. Because of the shit show that they put out last time. <laughs> I was like, "We're let's leave that one alone, okay? <laughs> they toured it in... Uh, Harvester of Sorrow? Mm, yeah, they didn't play that, so... Harvester of Sorrow would be fucking sick. Um, Blackened? They did not play Blackened. Blackened would be... That's what they named their whiskey. I'll, Blackened's actually one of my favorite songs. Blackened Whiskey. Slipknot came out with a whiskey, too. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. But it, it, it was, it's like made in Iowa. It's made with corn, and I don't know if I want to... Uh, I mean, I like... I, I really like whiskey. That's my favorite liquor, but... I don't know if I... I mean, I might try it just to say, Hey, I tried Slipknot's whiskey. It tastes was... like Corey Taylor's ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> Like, <laughs> oh god! Oh, I'm sorry I did that. I'm sure it's delicious. I'm sorry, Corey. I love you. <laughs> what did they play from the new album? Um, Moth into the Flame, mm-hmm. Heartwind, Just the Struck. What about Atlas Rise? They played that as well. That that one, that's an awesome instrumental. Man on Kind is good. I don't think they play that one. Oh, the Kill 'Em All album. The our first taste of Metallica ever. No, 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 no. I um, I I went to hit back and I accidentally clicked on the song. <laughs> so they were about to get a whole dose of Metallica to the ear. <laughs> like unexpected Metallica. Oh man, welcome home. Yeah, they played that. Yeah, of course they did. Disposable heroes that we play on here for one of our segments. Yeah, they don't. They didn't. Uh, they didn't play that. I'm so excited. I know I'm. I'm uh, a few, quite a few payments away from being a completely official, but I'm going, and I can't wait to see Metallica. I can't wait either. Oh my god! I'm ready for I'm... that's like my. It's turned into being the annual vacation, so I'm just ready for vacation. Dude, basically, it Metallica is the only person confirmed for this festival. And tickets are selling. Tickets are selling. Me and you already got some. Normally, me, you, Jason, we're all like, we'll wait for the line. We'll wait for the line to come out and and then got and buy our tickets. They said one band, and we're like, lock us in! Lock us in! Mm-hmm. But like I said, with the, how much the tickets are, the lineup with taxes, has to be pretty good. With, with taxes, I think mine was 230 
for the whole weekend, which isn't bad, honestly. No. Because you get three days of just 12-hour concerts, honestly. So 2.30 isn't bad. And, and the fact that you can, you can make your payments on them. And then if we get ACDC and Rage, oh, and Slipknot, I feel like Danny Wimmer feels like once again he's got to blow his load on the lineup like he did last year because he did it last year and it was still a pretty big failure in terms of what, what went down. So I think he's, I feel like he's got to repeat what he did with that lineup, maybe even do more. Mm-hmm. Just to make up for it. What do you think? I think that he's just like, my bad. I screwed up. I'm going to make it up to you by doing this. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I'm saying. He's, he's that's trying, what it is. trying to make it up like, yo, I'm going to get you guys Metallica. We good? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no, not just that. I'm going to get you guys two nights of Metallica. We good? And we're all like, yeah, Danny, we good. We're really good. <laughs> oh, man. That weekend's going to be insane. Because we didn't get Tool last year. Because oh. of, of the storms. Yeah. No, that, granted, that was out of his control, honestly. I mean, he may act like it with his lineups, but he's not God. So our 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 biggest thing right now is we gotta start looking into where we're staying. Yeah, you I'd rather an, do you, that sooner rather than later as well. Just lock it in, man. Yeah, you think an Airbnb possibly? Absolutely. If we we're back if, in Concord, we're in that Concord Charlotte. Because I'm thinking if we, if we got me, you, Jason and Angelica, and the Robins. Yep. That's six people. Yep. We can get one of those. Airbnbs, you you uh, old girl say that, mm-hmm. and uh, we split that up six ways. It might end up working out cheaper than a hotel. Yep, and we have more comfortable places to sleep than if we all went in on a hotel. Yeah, because usually somebody has to take the floor at least one night. Yeah, because I'm <laughs> I'm not cuddling with your ass. Yeah, I'm not cuddling with your ass either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, what was it last time you slept on the floor? When what? Oh, remember the time we went to uh, we went, and Angelica's cousin was like, <laughs> "Oh my God, I remember y'all, that." Why y'all can sleep with me? And both of us do our sleeping bags on the floor, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're holding our sleeping bags right here, and Taurus is like, "You got? What do you guys can sleep in the bed with me?" And we were like, looked at each other. <laughs> Get that in. Got that on Get the floor. <laughs> Not falling into that bear trap. <laughs> a bear trap? <laughs> I didn't mean that that way. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> oh my god, we might have to scrap this segment. I didn't mean that. Tarsha's a lovely person. <laughs> oh yeah. She almost cost us the whole fucking weekend, but yeah. Oh god, she's a lovely she person. Listen to this. Uh. Uh, what? It's, what? it's been what four, four years now, five years, some crap like that. It's been a long time. It's over. And I, I totally forgot we did that. <laughs> we were like, <laughs> four. <laughs> oh, oh man. Shit. Oh 
Tarsh. <laughs> uh, she's a goof. You know, she's doing, like, stand-up comedy things. Really? Where she attempted, like, she, I don't know how it went, but she went to, like, an open mic here in Raleigh one time, and Angelica's dad went, and I think Angelica went. Yeah, she's, uh, she's trying her hand in, uh, stand-up comedy, hey, more power to her, that's something I want to try. That's good. All I know was... <laughs> that uh, weekend was, oh, dude, Jason was pissed. I remember that. Because Angelica left, too. Yeah. They, yeah, they, they both went back, because she's like, I, I don't, like, Tarsha can't go, and I'm... First of Jason all, first. Not, oh, dude, that night she, with the slipknot. She got drunk. Tarsh? Yeah. Before, like, before noon, she was already, like, drunk. At that, least tipsy. That uh, that was a major factor in her, into her not being and able to go. Remember the ride there? She was all hyped up, and we are all just, like, calm and chilling and Because uh, we knew it was coming. We were like, all right. Preparing, getting mentally prepared. <laughs> Just um, pace ourselves. <laughs> I totally forgot all about that. Yeah. God. And, then and we, next thing you know, we're about to see corn. We got separated from them, and I remember Jason calling Angelica trying to find them while we were walking through the parking lot. First of all, we were trying to see corn, and they got separated on the outside. Eh, I was trying to see a couple songs from corn. I was okay with leaving early. I'm not a big corn fan. I like I like a handful of their songs. I mean, Freak on a Leash is good. Um, yeah. What's the other one? Oh God, what's uh um? If you if you were seeing uh, the one um fucking in vain um. Now I gotta open it up because you didn't know the name of the song. Because you kept just stepping your fingers at me, son of a bitch. Well, I expect, fully expected you to know it, and you didn't, and you let me down. You were snapping your fingers! That's not even a song lyric. <laughs> coming Undone's a good one. I'm coming undone. Riding in vain. Okay. That was the one. That's a great song. And their cover of Word Up. Yeah. <laughs> I like their new songs. The new album was really good. It was really good. I gotta download the rest of that, by the way. Let me go ahead and do that while I got this up. You haven't listened to it? Not all the way. I have. I like the... Five songs. I I heard the new one, You'll Never Find Me. Mm. That's a really great song. All Um, the songs. Doing Time. That's a good one. All the songs on that album are great. I I like... I mean, I I might actually like Corn a little more than I thought I did. But... Yeah. And that was the first time with Head being back after a hiatus, little hiatus. Yes and no. I think that was his first full time stint back. Now, my first ever Carolina Rebellion I went to with Jason and his um, ex. With they corn was there, and I feel like they brought Head out for a song or two. That was like right after he got out of prison or something. And I'm pretty sure he was in prison for a minute. Yeah. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I remember. I remember them bringing someone out and people just going nuts. And I think that was like what 2011, because it was the second ever rebellion. 
And that was my introduction to Miles Kennedy, by the way. Right, because he played with My Slash. real introduction to him. Because I think I had been listening to Alter Bridge, but not seriously. I'd been listening to a couple songs. I'm like, oh, these two songs are cool. I'm going to listen to them. And then he was there with Slash. <laughs> and that was just, yeah. I was like, yeah, this guy's this guy the truth. But uh, anything else you wanted to touch on in the Kiss Epicenter world? Hmm. Music world in general? I feel like there may have been a couple of things I wanted to touch on, and I'm not. Dude, the, well, m- music. The music acts on the cruise, they were really, really good. Really? Yeah, I gotta show you a couple videos I took of a band that you probably would have been into. They're they were really great. Um, but yeah, they were they had uh, every single like all throughout the day there were different acts. I mean, there was like a brass band playing in the lobby throughout the day, and then in one bar they had like a country music duo, and they had a piano bar in there. It was literally like a grand piano sitting in there, and they had a bar that went just, like, here's a piano. It went just around it like that, like that close to it. And, like, you you were sitting all around it, and it had a lounge and all sorts of seating in it. And he would do, he would sit in there and just sing his little piano covers of songs. And you could, it was cool, like, you, you could write down, he had slips of paper, you could write down a request on it, you just ball it up and throw it over on the piano, and he would grab it and, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Or, no, I don't fucking know that one. Get out of here. He was really crazy talented because he would, he would have his shows where he had like a drum machine set up on top where he would grab his drumsticks and work out, kind of like an Ed Sheeran type of deal where he would work out a beat and uh, put it on a loop and it would loop through and then he would play. And then he would also keep a guitar, an electric guitar right there. And he would just suddenly grab it and just do like a ripping solo on it. And this dude was crazy talented. And then they had, like, a legitimate, like, a three-tier, like, uh, theater with, like, a big-ass stage where they had, would have music uh, acts on. And they had this one dude that was a pianist, but he, he was, like, had a real showman quality to it. Mm-hmm. And he did this one thing where he had, like, this makeshift piano thing on, uh, like, wheels where he suddenly was wheeled out on top of it and he was singing Come Sail Away. <laughs> I know you was geeking out. And I'm I'm like I'm just sitting in it because it was one night where she was like, she stayed in because like we had a long day on the island, because I think that was Puerto Rico day. So she was relaxing. They could love me in Puerto Rico, and I've been oh, just fine. bro. I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mom and Zach were off doing their thing because they primarily like at night stayed in the comedy club and watching the comedians. Because they had a comedy club with comedians like four times a night. So Mom and Zach were just in there like... And I didn't want to stay in the room. So I was just like going out and I was doing my thing. And so I popped in the theater to watch this guy. It was a show called 88 Keys. Because 88 Keys on the piano. And like he all of a sudden like the thing opens up. He comes out on top of the piano wheeling out. And he's like singing Come Sail Away. And I'm like... <laughs> Dude killed it. I wanted to record it for mom, but I didn't know the rules on and I, I didn't want to be like, oh, and then be on the person I'm gonna like pop up and the thing like turn it off. 
<laughs> but dude killed it. And then later that night, I was in the piano bar watching the other guy, and he was in there because I didn't know he, but he worked for the cruise line. Oh, okay. I found out all of these performers work for, for the cruise. cruise line specifically. Like, oh, you're this musical person. We're going to hire you, and all you're going to do every night is just put on these concerts for everybody. That's not a bad gig. Week after week, after every, uh, every week they do cruises. And they pretty much live on these cruise ships. I found that out because I was talking to a lot of them. Because, I mean, you know me. I go talk to these people. And I got really friendly with them, especially the guy from the piano bar, Davey Wilde is his name. And um, talk, I talked to him a lot. And, but yeah, they live on these cruise ships. And all they, they get paid to just perform for all these cruisers. It is not a bad gig at all. No. It's amazing. But yeah, so like I was in the piano bar and I saw that guy there because it was Halloween. So it was Thursday. So that was Grand Turk Day. Um, he was in there in his costume and I saw him, I got a picture with him and then I told him I was like dude you killed Come Sail Away that was awesome he was like oh yeah I love I love playing that one I was like yeah well it's a fucking piano song I would imagine but yeah I mean these I mean these dude you would have you would have loved watching these guys play all of the, all of them um, but yeah so like we um like Sunday, because well, we set sail Saturday. Sunday was a full day at sea sailing down to the Caribbean. Monday, when we woke up, we were in the Dominican Republic. And that was when we um, swam with the dolphins. Mm-hmm. And all that. Dude, that was wild. Because like, the dolphins were like hugging us and all that. And we're just literally like, fucking dolphin. I'm hugging a dolphin. <laughs> Better y'all than me, cause I wouldn't have been out there hugging no damn. <laughs> no, it was it was crazy, cause like they they would hug and then they would go around and the dolphin would kiss you on the cheek. Oh, how tweet! And then like, cause there were two dolphins, so they were one thing. You would hold your arms out and they would come around. You grab under their fins and they'd pull you. And then there was this one thing where you would lay flat on your stomach with your feet out, and they would put their noses right into the bottom of your feet and just push you. Dude. They pushed mom so hard she was standing straight up out of the water like this, looking like Jesus. <laughs> looking oh, like mom. Jesus walking on water. I'm like, oh shit, mom. <laughs> and then Tuesday was um, St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands. And we went to this one beach that is one is supposed to be one of the top ten most beautiful beaches in the world. Clear waters. Wednesday was Puerto Rico. We walked through all through old San Juan, just a 500-year-old city with blue cobblestone, all just downtown buildings, but each one is painted a different coral color, like a light blue. Like the, we got the thing hanging on the wall over there, like those colors, like light, like the coral blue, coral pink, yellow, just all through. I'll, I'll show you the pictures later. Thursday was Grand Turk and Turk Caicos Islands. I snorkeled in the clearest waters I've ever been. I went to this one place where it was 15 feet down to the um, coral reef, but then they had what they called the wall. And it was a straight, just immediate drop down to 120 feet. 
And the guy said, just a little bit down that way, it's another immediate steep drop down to 7,000. And I'm like, shit! <laughs> and it's crazy, because even like in the 120, I could still see the bottom a little bit. Mm. That's how clear this water was. And I'm just like snorkeling, and I got these tropical fish just swimming all around like I'm not even there. I'm reaching out, touching them, and all that. And then they take us back to shore, and me and Zach hop on some, like, because it was like a two-part excursion thing. Yeah. We go, we come back from that, hop on four-wheelers, ride four-wheelers all around the island. And, like, they have this stop where we go up, like, because it's, uh, like, we go up and all, and then we stop and hike up this little trail to the second highest point on the island. So we get this beautiful panoramic view all around. And I I tell these four-wheelers... They fucking let us open them up. And we're just, we get, we hit these straightaways and the dude just opens them and we're going. And I look down at the speedometer and we're going fucking 60. I'm like, oh. I look back and Zach's like, this is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, you know Zach not showing emotion. Right. He is beside himself. And also at this point in the trip, Zach came down with a really bad cold. Yikes. So he was grumpy on top of all that. But yeah, we're flying around the island on four wheelers. She's like, "This is the coolest thing ever." That's how awesome this was. So, Friday is a sailing day, uh, like full sea day back to Florida, and then the, the trip was over, dude. I swear that was the best. That was the best vacation I've taken, and I don't know how long. Man, I tell you, I my see, I don't get a chance to vacation often. Like, like I said, my vacation is up center. That that's like what you look forward to. I burned all I my vacation days for this, man. I want that, that was another trip. cool thing. That whole time I'm out there on a cruise ship, fucking flying through islands and all that. I was getting paid. Oh, that's, oh, that's PTO days great. are the greatest. I and I. Could have taken PTO days for the I. There were some holidays where we had technically had the day off, but I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna work from home those days, so I I don't have to take PTO day just for this, just to take and burn all because it was, it was Friday, then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's uh, six PTO days I burned through. I might have a couple left, but oh man, yeah. I I it's been a while since I've had legitimate PTO days and I took full advantage. I'm uh but yeah, so as long as I don't get sick or anything crazy, um I'm gonna burn some of my days which I don't burn a lot of them. Like I'm always at school. Even the time that I've missed school this year, it was for professional development reasons. It wasn't because I just like I'm just gonna use this day now. I say my days for Epicenter Festival, and that's about it. <laughs> I got to look into how many I have left because I don't think my PTO days reset until mid-May. So that mm-hmm. would put that after Epicenter. Yeah. And I'm definitely going to have to take Friday off. Yep. Maybe Monday. I'm taking Thursday, Friday, and that Monday. If I can pull it off, if I have three, I'll I'll do that. Cause I want to leave that Thursday, 
and just be down there because when it's Friday hits, I'd rather just get up and go. This, this week, I'll... Because well, driving down my plan day was, of, No, because I was planning on driving down Thursday after work. Yeah. At least do that. Yeah. Because it's two and a half hours. Yeah. That's nothing. Well, with the Airbnb, they tell you, like, sometimes the person tells you, hey, this is what some of them be here at the house. And so you're like, okay, I got to be here by this time. So the person can get, let me in, give me the key, all this good stuff or whatever. Yeah. We'll have to play it later. But I'm, I'm this way, I'm going to look into how many PTO days I have left. I pray it's at least three. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be close. <laughs> oh yeah, cause I've taken. I took a few before. Oh that, fuck! You might not have any. Cause I had. I had thirteen beforehand. I might have three. But if I have any, it's gonna be three <laughs> at the most. Well, yeah. Anything else you want to add to our music? Nah. That's segment it. here. Alright, well, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with some segments for you. Alright, that means it's time for On This Day. And on this day, November 11th, Veterans Day. Um, it was eight years ago, actually. 11-11-11. Black Sabbath, the founding members, or the founding band of Heavy Metal... Mm-hmm. Announced that they were reuniting and recording a new album, followed by a whole world tour. On November eleventh, two thousand eleven. I can't believe that was eight years ago. It doesn't because like I, I remember I remember them announcing that and getting excited because I knew what was coming. They were like, "We have an announcement coming," and I was like, "Oh, they're getting back together. They're doing the thing." And then they announced it, and I was like, ah. And then the album came out, and it was really good. But uh, it, it was hard to believe that was eight years ago, man. Yeah, I agree. It was it was crazy, but eight years ago today, Black Sabbath got back together. Okay, time for the spotlight. Now, um, we're going to go with Brian's pick first, as always. This is a band that we saw recently this summer. Yes. They toured with Papa Roach. Yes. The and Mighty Papa Roach. The Mighty, Mighty Papa Roach. And man, that was a good show. Which Papa Roach is in in studio recording a new album. Are they right now? Yes. I didn't know that. Yep. Oh, man. Already. Already? Yep. Because Who Do You Trust just came out. Mm-hmm. I like this. Mm, it's been like a year or two. Well, yeah, but I mean, they've been touring heavy, which they always do. But do. I'm I'm not going to turn my head up at some new Baba Roach. I'm excited for this. But this band uh, was one of the opening acts for Papa Roach at the Red Hat Amphitheater this year when we saw them this summer. This is a band called Asking Alexandria. And uh, this is a song that they had put out this year, actually. And it's called The Violence. So, without further ado, let's get right into it. The Violence by Asking Alexandria.
That is my favorite Asking Alexandria song. That song is awesome. Oh, man. I like, like, I just like how heavy it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's oh. so heavy. I really like that new album that they put out, too. I feel like since they got their uh, lead singer Danny back, I feel like they've been really just... Full steam ahead. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. And that the album they, that they put out was great, and then that song is just, I it's just it's just my favorite song by them, right? That I've heard. I think because it's it's like the perfect mix of like that heaviness, but it still has that melodical type of, like, mm-hmm. I I just like when when a band can mix that. Right, same here. So, that is the violence by asking Alexandria. Okay, so that means it is time for my music spotlight, and I'm going to throw it back. I'm going to throw it way back, Brian. Okay. Way, way back. Okay. It's a band that me and you love dearly. Mm-hmm. It happens to be my favorite band. Okay. A band by the name of Sticks. Mm-hmm. And I forgot about this song. I, years ago when I was in high school, I went and saw them in concert. And they played this song for the first time in I don't know how long. And it was the first time I heard it. And I heard it and I loved it immediately. And I went through and it was on their Greatest Hits album. And I just hadn't listened to it. Because of course, you, you know the songs I listened to on that album. It was it was Lady, it was Blue Collar Man, Grand Illusion, Too Much Time. Mm-hmm. All, all of that. But I heard that song, fell in love with it, started listening to it over and over. And then I just kind of forgot about it. And then we're driving down to Florida. I got mom in the back seat. And I am got the radio going. I'm like, and it's playing normal radio bullshit. So I, I click it over to the auxiliary cord. I got it plugged into my phone. I look back at mom. I'm like, hey. It's time to listen to some real music. And I reached down and hit shuffle on my sticks. And then I look back and she's giving me that smile like, that's my boy. <laughs> and then this song came up. And I forgot how fucking good it is. So I right there I decided that I was going to make that my spotlight for the next show. Crystal Ball. No, because that's... There's no way I could forget that how good that song is, Brian. That's oh. my favorite song of all time. Oh, okay. I'm lost in. I know you would be. 
This is a song by Styx called Sweet Madam Blue.
So yeah. Forgot to mention that that was a little bit of a long one. <laughs> Six and a half minutes. But yeah, um, came across that. Forgot just how good that damn song is. And um, I think it has like a perfect blend of what sticks is as a sound. Because it had that melodic chorus to it. Mm-hmm. And it had the synthesizers to it in that little breakdown part. And um but then it also had that element where it showed how heavy sticks can get too. Like the following that breakdown where they yeah, had that yeah. riff. And I mean being like live the fir- being the first time I've heard that, when I saw that I was like, Oh, it still be at that point. I was still fairly new to sticks. Just seeing that, I was like, "Oh, ho, ho, this is awesome!" But yeah, uh, it, it really made me fall all in love, fall in love with that song all over again. And I really wanted to just spotlight that here on this. So that was "Sweet Madam Blue" by Sticks. Okay, so we're gonna launch into our hero slash bum of the week segment and um, we're going to start it off with the hero because this is coming out on the 11th which is Veterans Day so we just want to we just want to make all veterans across the board no matter what branch are heroes of the week because honestly no matter which side of the aisle you fall on if you believe in war, if you don't believe in war, these these men and women took it upon themselves to step out there and lay their life on the line to fight for freedoms, to um, regardless of whether you believed in them or not, they went out there and they did it for you. And that's a hell of an act of courage right there. They they laid it down for what they believed in and they went out there and they did the damn thing. So no matter how you look at it, you gotta you you gotta give some praise to them. You gotta give them some thanks. And this is Veterans Day and this is when we do it. Brian, you wanna add? Uh, yeah, I have a few veterans in my family. My my Grandfather uh, Ernest Schaffner, he was a uh, World War II vet, and my uncle Richard Schaffner was a veteran as well in the U.S. Army. Um, they, people, there are people that put their lives on the line so we can enjoy our freedoms that we have in this country. As you heard us talk about earlier in the podcast about how in Saudi Arabia, the prince can just take down a flight just because he feels like it. We're lucky that we're in a country where that's not the case. Um, so with that being said... And regardless of whether you agree with what's going on in the government or not, we do hold those freedoms yeah. today, no matter what's going on there. So with that being said, happy veterans to the little veterans. Absolutely. And you are indeed our heroes. And I have veterans in my family too. And, and chances are, like, many people out there have... In, in some form, have veterans in their family. I, my uh, great-grandfather, Sidney Kendall, 
served in World War II. My grandfather, Edward Conklin, he served in, in the Korean War. Um, I'm sure I have some um, other relatives that served in Vietnam. Just because, like, who didn't? Uh, at the, who didn't serve in that war? Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they... they laid down their life for what they thought was right at the time and they went out there and they they served and they did it for all of us here so veterans thank you happy veterans day hope you enjoy your day and um that you are absolutely our heroes of this week and every week and now (laughs) i'm glad you took that transition there because this is a turn Bum Our of bum the week. of the week goes to every, all 118,000 people in Brian Denny Stadium in, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Of Tuscaloosa. All you sorry sacks, sacks of, of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Donald J. Trump showed his face at the LSU-Alabama game and got a standing ovation from that crowd, which was which votes perfectly Take because it away, you got your ass kicked, you sorry pieces of crap. That's what happened. He showed up, you cheered him, he jinxed you, LSU wins, I become a All happy right. man. Let's, go, let's, let's run down the list here. What happened when he showed up to that UFC fight? He got booed. Uh, what was the other event he showed up to? The Nationals World Series. What happened to them? They lost the whole fucking thing, didn't they? The Nationals won, but it wasn't the game that he oh. was at. Oh, they lost <laughs> the game, though. Yeah. They lost that fucking game. Yes. But they booed him. They 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 booed the fuck out of him. Yes. In Washington. Yeah. In Washington. Down the road from his house. I mean, he, he could see the fucking ballpark from his window. Mm-hmm. And they booed him. They booed him. They booed him. Won the World Series. Yeah. Lost the game. Won the World Series. Yeah. Won the World Series. Alabama ain't winning no national championship. I can tell you that much. Ha! Ha ha! Run down some more stats here. Where, where does um Ala- the state of Alabama rank in uh, education? Oh, close to the bottom. Uh, we're it's say. not the bottom. <laughs> 48th, 49th, maybe 50th. Somewhere in there. So, Definitely the last three. But, but, bottom 1%, we'll say. Bottom yes. 1%. Yes. And, um... Number one... By the way, the number one class that voted for Trump were the non-educated whites of America. Oh, yeah. I mean... I, I, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, obviously. <laughs> um, when you think about racism, what states jump out at you? Alabama. Mississippi. <laughs> you can't get much more racist than those two. <laughs> Arkansas. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, this episode took a turn. <laughs> I mean, and I, I'm just, I'm just asking questions here. I'm not saying anything. When he started his campaign. He started spouting off. 
And he hit his key campaign points. What element would you say charged those points? The non-educated whites from Alabama and Mississippi and Arkansas and all those places. It's a specific term. Racism. Who backs Donald Trump with the entirety of their hearts? It's, it's an organization that has three letters. The KKK. Who does white supremacists go out of their way in public to just fully, wholeheartedly endorse? Donald J. Trump. Okay. I rest my case. I'm just saying. I mean... Also, don't forget his parents were known members. I, I mean, I, I wasn't going to go get into that. I was going to just let that those facts lay there at your feet. And I know that specific people don't like facts, but... Uh, They're like alternative facts. They like the facts that get catered to what they believe in. Mm-hmm. Even if and then they just take them and run them. What's wrong with them? Two plus two equals four. But two times two also equals four. But as long as you hear two plus two equals four, they're happy. And they don't think about the other part of it where two times two equals four as well. I I honestly... If you let me go, we're gonna... This is gonna turn into a uh, few more hours... Anyways, I'm but, proud to be an American. At least I know I'm free. <laughs> That's the first time I'm the segment. <laughs> we're we're gonna cut it there. Um, we we want the takeaway from this to be that veterans, the people that go out there and lay their life on the line for what they believe in. For us, is the noble and the real heroes of this country. Coming from two people that have veterans in their family. So, thank you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And happy Veterans Day to you guys. Yowie wowie. Okay. <laughs> um, thank you for tuning in to this episode. Gracias. We uh, we covered a lot on this one. Yeah. We talked about Epicenter a lot. Uh, what's been going on the past week or so with us. Uh, we actually got political on this episode for the first time ever. Don't get used to it. Don't get used to it. We try not to do it because we realize that's going to divide a lot of people. And we try not to do it for that fact. But with um, the way things are going, honestly, sometimes that's it's, it's really hard to hold that in. Um, we hit some segments. We let you know what happened on this day eight years ago. And we spotlighted a couple of songs that we are really feeling at the moment. And uh, we, we just hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did making it. So uh, until next time, 
I'm Adam Kendall. You can find me at Addyken, A-D-D-Y-K-E-N, Twitter, Instagram, and... I'm Brian Howard on Instagram and Twitter at Coach B. Howard. Follow us. Might give you a follow back, but uh, definitely keep you updated on the show and all that. And until next time, as always, be kind to each other.